Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Chris Gordy of Locked On SEC Podcast. And Chris, as always, man, appreciate you joining us. How you doing this afternoon? Yeah, man, it's, uh, it's a crazy, busy, weird time of year. You know, we'll get the bowl game started up this weekend in the SEC with Florida. Uh, you know, they're going to look like a much different team next year. The transfer portal is taking a hold of the SEC, but, man, you can't uh, can't start without, uh, you know, thinking thoughts of prayers with uh, Michael Leach and what's going on there. It just sounds like a awful, awful, awful uh, situation and uh, not what we wanted to hear this uh, holiday season. Not at all. And, in fact, uh, that's kind of where I wanted to start with you because there's a lot of things we'll discuss. But uh, just uh, what do you make of the situation or what do you know about it? Because it just has been something that everyone's waiting to hear more information and hoping and praying that everything turns for the best. But uh, what, what do you make of well, what's going on? And uh, has this been something that uh, Mike Leach has been dealing with as far as health issues over the past few months? Yeah, I don't know about the, the history. Um, you know, if you did notice throughout the year this year, he, uh, he's always kind of had like a sinus thing and, uh, you know, has like a cough. And it, but it was a little bit more uh, this year when you heard him in media uh media situations and all that. And, and again, I'm no doctor, I'm no health expert, but uh, it was just something that was noticeable throughout the year. And then, um, you know, I, I heard from a close friend yesterday that uh, there was a heart attack at his, at his home and that they, they had to, you know, airlift him out to, uh, to Jackson. And then uh, today, you know, the Clarion Ledger comes out and, and they, you know, basically verified that report that it was a massive heart attack. And, uh, you know, if you read into some of the reports out there, say that, he uh, he basically you know went a, a short period of time without oxygen to the brain, and then that that just creates all kinds of other problems. And so, yeah, I mean the the, the thing that the school the, the release of the school has been put out there is that he remains in critical condition, and it just it just sounds awful because you know your first and foremost thought is you know God, let's hope he survives this. And let's just hope he you know he can um, you know uh, live his life out more. Um, you know, outside of just football and all this. And it's been a guy who's been a football lifer and one of the most entertaining, uh, not just coaches, but people out there. You know, I used to say, we used to do a thing, you know, if you can have dinner with any four living people, who would it be? I always said Mike Leach. I mean, who, who wouldn't want him at a dinner party and telling stories? And, you know, every time the guy had a microphone in front of him, just super, super entertaining, but also a really smart football mind. And um, so, again, I, I don't know. Uh, again, I'm not a doctor. I don't know anything close to, to what's happening out there. But, you know, you can read the reports, and, and it, it, doesn't, it just doesn't sound good. It doesn't look good. And so, um, again, just uh, keep thoughts and prayers for, for him and his family. And then, you know, God forbid if something does happen, you know, Mississippi State, uh, you know, the show must go on. You know, we got an early signing period coming up. And, and again, that sounds very, um, you know, harsh to, to think about. But, it's it's a school a program that has to keep going. You know, nobody's going to sit around and wait for uh, wait for you to figure things out. So, um, yeah, man, it's it's going to be a tough uh, it's going to be a tough go here for the Mississippi State community. But again, our, our thoughts and prayers uh, go to Coach Mike Leach, and um, you know, here's hoping he can pull through this thing. Chris, another place that they're going to try to figure things out is Texas and the situation with head basketball coach Chris Beard. Now, this is something that Texas is going to have to work through as far as a situation going on there. Of course, they're going to try to do their work and get some more details. But with Texas, this is something that 
they're going to have to work through starting now. Yeah, it's uh, it doesn't sound great. Um, you know, the reports that came out, uh, his attorney did get Chris Beard's attorney came out uh, early this morning and basically said uh, a lot of this was was false and not true, and that uh, it was a big misunderstanding. Uh, and basically, the gist of what we're kind of reading between the lines is, uh, from what I understand, is his fiance um, called you know called the police and. Um, you know, basically had him arrested for assaulting her. And I don't know if this was him sitting, you know, her sitting down with the attorneys or whatever, saying, look, you know, this is not a good thing. He's going to lose his job and you're going to lose, you know, he's going to lose all his uh, money and all this kind of stuff. And so, you know, it's kind of, it's reminiscent of the Ray Rice thing, right? Remember his, he assaults his, his his wife on, on film and then comes back after the fact and says, oh, wait, wait, no, I didn't mean to, to do that. Let's, you know, he's going to lose his job in the NFL. No, we don't want that to happen. And, uh, again, I don't like to meddle in other people's business, but that's kind of what it sounds like with his attorney. So I don't know what's going to happen. It's a terrible look, terrible look for him, a terrible look for Texas basketball, who was just ranked number two in the country a week ago. Uh, this team is loaded with talent. But, um, man, I, I – it's it's a messy, messy, messy situation. And uh, Chris Beard, I, I don't. I hope this is. I hope it's not true. I hope it was maybe exaggerated a little bit. But um, you know, if if the school does end up, end up moving on from him or something like that, he'll deserve every every part of what he gets. Well, and that was kind of going to be my question to you, Chris, is that if it comes out that what happened was true and transpired, do you think Texas moves on? Like it almost seems like they have to. Uh, especially how serious the charges are, do you think that that's uh, what would end up happening if it came out and it ended up being a true thing? Yeah, I mean, if this were 1962 and, uh, you know, a guy choked his wife, I just think we'd, you know, things things would be handled very differently back then than they are these days in the social media world and uh, public record world where everything is out there in the public. And, um, yeah, you know, who wants the any head coach in their program headline, you know, Hey, uh, he choked out his fiance or wife or whatever. It's just, it's a terrible look. And so, yeah, I, I would think that the people that run Texas, Chris Del Conte and all the people there would uh, react accordingly that, uh, if charges were, were, you know, that they, they press charges against him. And, uh, you know, it sounded like even as early as this afternoon, he was still, he was still in jail. Um, that they still hadn't been able to get him out because apparently the DA has to, uh, uh, has to decide on on pressing charges or whatever. So uh, it's an ugly, ugly situation. But I think the folks at Texas would move swiftly if um, if it did come out that that this did happen, and, and they're going to move on. So uh, again, just another unfortunate story we'll be tracking this week. College bowl season is upon us, and college football playoff that's right around the corner. That's that's the part that everybody most forward looks most forward to. If there's a team that is going to win it other than Georgia, which team would that be? Um, this is a really good Michigan team. Um, you know, I, I think they, they – I, I poo-pooed on them earlier in the year because of their schedule, and I know a lot of people did nationally just because you looked at that non-conference schedule and you were like, all right, the, you know, how good is Michigan? Are they just getting by, uh, not really being tested, not really playing anybody? Um, you know, losing Blake Corum, you know, hurt. Uh, you know, if he doesn't get if he doesn't get hurt, I think he he would have absolutely been at the Heisman ceremony this past weekend. And, uh, I don't know if he would have won it, but he, he was a big part of, of what they did all year offensively. But we saw, you know, Edwards picked up the slack and 
look great against Ohio State and against Purdue. Um, and then defensively, I think what they've been able to do. They've, they've gotten so many four- and five-star recruits on that defense, and it, it just feels like Ohio State gets so much attention that I think we just kind of, you know, they, they, they uh, swept under the radar, right? I mean, it was kind of like, yeah, Michigan, you made the playoffs last year, but, you know, you got, you got demolished by Georgia, let's move on. They brought back a lot, and um, and that defense is very good, really good secondary, really good up front. So, you know, I, look, I think they're going to beat TCU in the in the Fiesta Bowl. The question will be, is it going to be Georgia or Ohio State in the next round? And I've had a few people tell me that that they think they think Georgia is is prime for an upset. That you know that that second half against LSU in the SEC championship was not a fluke. You know, it's not like they pulled their starters. They had a lot of their starters still in there. And uh, Garrett uh, Nussmeyer for uh, LSU, he was just flinging it around the field on Ohio or, or on Georgia secondary. And so um, if C.J. Stroud comes in and their M.O. for Ohio State is we're going to chuck this thing around the field and get in a shootout with Georgia, you know, can Stetson Bennett the offense respond? And so I, I would say Georgia's no lock to, to beat Ohio State. But um, – yeah, I would say if it's somebody else, that Michigan team is still very, very dangerous. And uh, who knows? If we get a Michigan-Ohio State National Championship, I mean, the, uh, the networks would be, um, you know, gushing over trying to uh, trying to get that one out there and get sponsors on it because it, it would have all the eyes of the nation on it. So, um, yeah, it, it'll be interesting. But as an SEC guy, I, I don't want to see Georgia get upset. They're, they're repping the conference. <laughs> I'd like to see them get there and win it again. Speaking with Chris Gordy of Locked On SEC here on the Jones and Sun Diamond and Bridal Fine Jewelry Hotline. Chris, uh, looking at a few coaching moves that are going on in the SEC, I'm curious to know as far as what you thought about with a coordinator move where Auburn ends up hiring Rob Roberts as their defensive coordinator. He was a guy that was rumored to be in the mix for Arkansas. But what did you think of the hire there? And also Dowell Loggins being the new offensive coordinator for South Carolina coming from the tight end coach at Arkansas. Just those particular moves, what did you make of those? Yeah, uh, I was hearing reports as early as Sunday afternoon that the ball was rolling with uh, with Robert Stark at Saw. And then, uh, you know, of course, by yesterday evening, we're hearing, well, not so fast. Hugh Freeze and Auburn have swept in with an offer. And uh, I got to think they, they upped the ante and gave him more money and more incentives and, and got him over to, uh, to Auburn. So uh, that and then Philip Montgomery, very well-respected offensive line who was at Baylor for years was most recently the head coach at Tulsa for several years. I think those are two really strong hires for, uh, for Hugh Freeze. And, uh, you know, I think Auburn's in a spot where if they hit the transfer portal right, they're going to hit the ground running. We saw just yesterday two, uh, two kids committed to Auburn in this recruiting class. They, they have a lot of catching up to do where a lot of the schools in the SEC have 20-plus uh, you know, commitments already. Our, our Auburn's playing catch-up. And so – um, you know, I think I think it's a pretty good staff that they're assembling, and so we'll see what they can do uh, when they hit the field. Uh, Logins going over to South Carolina. It's a little unconventional because I kept hearing from my my sources in, in Columbia that oh, we're we're going to make a splash hire. We're gonna we're gonna really hit the ground running and, and, and make a big get a big name. And you know, I think a lot of people, particularly in South Carolina, had to go to Google and type in who is Dow Logan? Like, who is this? But when you look at him, he's a guy with, with great track record, particularly in the NFL, as you guys know. You know, you could be an offensive coordinator for so many years in the NFL. You're doing something right. Granted, he was on a lot of bad teams. But, um, 
I think he's a good offensive line and a good opportunity for him. I know, uh, you know, Coach Pittman was excited about bringing him back to, to Arkansas and having a former alum there, and a guy that a lot of, um, you know, a lot of the players were excited to have. But him going to South Carolina, now you have to wonder if this makes sense to connect the dots with them losing Austin Stogner and, and Jaheim Bell. Does that connect Trey, uh, Trey Knox back to, uh, to head to South Carolina to go play for him? I don't know. We're, we're going to find out in the coming weeks. But, um, again, it's, 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 it's a loss for Arkansas, uh, but it's not one that crushes you. And for South Carolina fans, like I said, I think they're kind of optimistic about the hire right now, kind of wondering, all right, who is he and what's he going to bring? Because and there are a lot of folks down on the uh, South Carolina offense throughout this season until they played really those, those last couple of games where Spencer Rattler played like Spencer Rattler and they beat Clemson and they beat Tennessee. And, uh, you know, I'm excited to see him in the bowl game against Notre Dame. We're also at that time of the year where we have players opting out of bowl games, whether that's to move on to the NFL or go some other route. And a couple of quarterbacks in the SEC that were projected before the season to be top 10 picks, Anthony Richardson and Will Levis, how do you think they project now after the season? Yeah, it's it's all over the place. I mean, most of the mock drafts I've seen is Will Levis somewhere in the, you know, the the twelve to twenty range, somewhere in the middle of the first round. And Anthony Richardson, I'm seeing a lot of back end of the first because he is very raw. And I've talked to multiple people who told me Richardson would absolutely benefit from another year in college. Uh, this is. This is almost like an NBA draft pick. This is you're drafting on potential. You're drafting on bringing this kid and sitting behind a veteran or, or sitting behind a savvy starter and let him learn and develop for a year or two years and eventually, you know, can be a starter in the NFL. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I think I think the kid got all the best advice he could get, and if they have him projected as even a back end of the first round pick, that's a lot of money, and uh, he's going to jump and get it. Uh, I don't know if Billy Napier, you know, did, did Billy Napier encourage him? Hey, you know, go get your money while you can. Or, hey, I really think working another year with you, we can make you a better quarterback and develop you more. Um, I don't know what those conversations were like, but that's kind of what we're seeing. I mean, it sounds like Bryce Young, uh, you know, I'm here in Houston, and the Texans are absolutely god-awful. Davis Mills has been a disaster. They're going to have to go quarterback, and I think all signs point to either being Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, number one, if I had to guess. I would say it's Bryce Young from Alabama, number one. CJ Stroud probably won't fall far far after that. Um, and then after those two guys go in the top ten, I think that's when you start to talk Levis and and then Anthony Richardson. So you know maybe I don't think I don't think Levis has done a whole lot to either help or hurt himself. You know, it sounds like a lot of scouts are still pretty high on him, uh, and it sounds like Richardson is kind of right where he was coming into the season. So. I think they're kind of both where, where we thought they'd be at the end of the season. But like I said, I, in my opinion, I think Richardson really could have benefited from one more year in college. Well, uh, you mentioned the Texans because uh, it looks like uh, they're, they're in a situation where they're probably going to get the number one overall pick. And I know you're a Houston guy. So uh, do you think that that's the route that they should go? Do you think there's going to be some other overhaul happening there in the Texans organization? Because it's not been a very great year, but seems like there's a, a lot of potential for a lot of change coming into that organization here next year. Well, I try I try to be unbiased in this in this job, and I try not to, uh, you know, uh, be biased with anybody in particular. But I was at the Lombardi Awards last week and got to spend a couple of days with Will Anderson from Alabama, and I absolutely love that kid. I mean, he is he is everything you want in a leader, uh, the on field production, but off the field he's an even better dude. 
great family. His mom and dad are, are two of the most supportive parents I've ever seen. And, you know, he's been racking up the hardware, you know, winning the Nagurski and, uh, you know, the Lombardi Award, all these big, big postseason awards. And he had a down year compared to last year. <laughs> last year, he had a monster, monster year with all the sacks at Alabama. And this year, teams were a little bit more keyed in on him. He drew some more double teams. When they would run the ball, they would run away from Will Anderson. So he didn't get to rack up all the stats that he wanted. But, man, if you're talking about a potential NFL superstar, Will Anderson is the guy. So, if the Texans do go Will Anderson number one, it's not a bad piece to start with. But they just have so many needs. And they don't have any star players. You know, they used to have uh, Andre Johnson and J.J. Watt and all these big names. The Texans don't have any stars right now. So, when I look at that, taking Bryce, Bryce Young number one is, is what makes the most sense. And get your star quarterback in there and build around him. But... Will Anderson is going to be stalked for somebody next year. And if it's the Chicago Bears picking number two overall, uh, and Justin Fields seems to be their guy quarterback, they need to they need to get grab a future superstar Hall of Famer and Will Anderson. Well, Chris, man, we always appreciate you joining us. I know it's a busy time, but it's definitely keeping you busy. But either way, it's uh, it's a lot of fun to catch up with you. Enjoy the rest of the week, man, and enjoy bowl season. I know we'll be catching up with you later, all right? Thanks, guys, and congrats to KJ coming back another year. Can't wait to watch him next year. I think he's going to make a, a meteoric rise next year, and uh, I'll have him at the top of my SEC ranking heading into next year. Well, I mean, at least they got that piece of good news because it's still very fluid right now, that's for sure. So appreciate it, Chris. All right, thanks, guys.